show and I am Andrew your host welcome everybody welcome Sharon especially you're already in the queue you're very special to us and I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow um, I'm here today or should I say this evening we've had a few red wines everyone um, <laughs> and a few and a few drinks it's okay um, we are at Jay's house and Dave's house. Amazing. It's a beautiful property. Which 
guys, before we um, I introduce everyone, is this a farm? Is it a farm, Dave? Not quite. Not quite. It's a, no. it's a pretty it's nice little, it's a little hobby farm. Hobby farm. Nice, nice little place. So, and it's so lovely. It's been really, really enjoyable. We've had a lovely dinner cooked by two of my. No, okay. One of my guests this evening, <laughs> Debbie. Debbie of WA Conscious Businesses. Welcome, Debbie. And hello. Hi, Deb. And Jay. Jay Small. Hi. Deb's kind of offside in a way, in a lot of way. You two are the Bunbury. Two I see. You two are the Bunbury event crew, and of course, Dave, mate. I'm I'm loving this kitchen that you built. I've told you a few times. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty awesome. Everyone loves the kitchen. We're in this lovely, lovely place, this lovely room, this lovely little house, and of course, I've got Dr. Mark Loss with me. Doctor, welcome or retired Dr. Mark Loss. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Um, of course, uh, Mark Loss is on a little tour with me. We're doing the Jab Injured series, which is um, uh, a really, really important uh, and uh, we're getting photos taken right now, everybody. Mm. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. <laughs> of course, you're on a live stream, and I just want to say um, we've had a few more people join the stream. Um, welcome, everybody. It's so, it's such a great pleasure to have you with us. Um, I want to say straight off that um, if you would like to, you know, chat to us at any point through the Podbean app, please, um, please do so. We're not going to open up for calls just yet, but um, the way things are going, give me another glass of red and we'll be ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> at least we're not truckies at work. <laughs> so, um, uh, everybody, we're here to have a, quid, uh, a bit of a chat this evening about things, all things from working in the Pilbara to easing of the mandates to the Jab Injured series that I'm working on at the moment, something I'm very, very passionate about. So we'll start with you, Jay. Jay, get on the mic. Jay and Deb I'm are sharing mic. a mic. mic. Um, they don't have headphones. So um, if you guys want to chat to me and tell me things that um, I can chat back to you, they won't know what's going on. I don't know if I make any sense. I've had too many reds already. So, um, Jay, tell us all about what you're about to do. You're on your way out to the Pilbara to do something quite unusual well, I, for most people anyway. Yes, I'm going, well, I'm going to East, the East Pilbara to go and um, work on an Aboriginal community that I used to work on. Um, left there about 18 months ago and I worked there for 18 months and I'm going back Next week, I'm doing a two and a half thousand kilometre drive with my two dogs, and I'm going to live there for three months to do some relief work. Wow, Jay, what? Tell me, like when you first went out there to work on one of these communities, what was your initial impressions like? What? How did you find it? I've I, always wondered. I loved it. I, from the moment I. Fortunately for me, I'd, before I started a job on community, I'd been to this particular community a couple of times through an exploration company that I worked with. Um, I felt right at home. Like uh, I know there was a lot of people that were concerned about me and going, oh, it's going to be such a culture shock and this, that and the other. But I didn't feel any of that. I sort of got there and I'm like, yep, this is where I'm meant to be. It was more of a culture shock 
for me coming back before I moved to Bridgetown, I was living in Fremantle. I was a Freo girl for 30 years. So it was much more of a shock coming back to Fremantle than going and living on community. Like I struggled. Well, you're in a unique individual, Jay. Thanks, in the most beautiful Andrew. way. In the most beautiful way, Jay. I know you mean that. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Debs. Debs, you, you, I know you're promoting the show and all, mate. I really appreciate <laughs> that. But marketing. Can you just pay attention to the microphone for a second? Oh, I think so. Uh, so, Deb, uh, all, in all seriousness, you have been heavily involved with WA Conscious Businesses. Yes. Something that I'm also very interested in. Tell me um, a little bit about that organisation. So WA Conscious Businesses was formed back in December after Tanya and I met Paul Richardson um, at one of our rallies. He came down to speak about the OCH health and safety issues around these mandates that have been put in place because the mandates are site-based, which means it doesn't matter what you do, it's about the site that you do it on. So if you're mm -hmm. an electrician, you just couldn't go on to a permanent building site or a resource sector site, etc. Um, and the fact that they've based them on sites, not on an individual's profession, means that they still had to comply to the Health and Safety Act, the one at the time, which then changed to the Work Health Safety Act on the 1st of April. So by with these directions, um, you know, there was a whole issue then around the fact that when you look at um, – if you do a risk, go onto your risk matrix for those that have worked in mining or um, construction type industries. Um, if you're doing a risk matrix on catching COVID, you sort of write up in that little top left-hand corner that says, you know, it's okay because, you know, the chance of you dying is quite limited. But if you do it on the actual jab, you're down in the bottom right-hand corner in the orange and red section that says, wait, check it out or don't operate at all. And then when you look at your control measures, um, the first thing on a um, hierarchy of control is eliminate. So if you eliminate the risk that's causing that issue, which is the jab, then the companies should not be jabbing people or allowing mm -hmm. people to be jabbed. So just raised a whole heap of issues around that. So we've been helping employees um, to navigate through the mandates and trying to support them in the troubles that they've been having with their employers or were having with their employers. Um, and there still is people because there's still companies like Woolies and Coles and I think BHP still that are pushing this stuff. Um, yep, all in the news at the moment. Yep, that's it. Um, but also doing a lot of work with businesses to help them with their risk assessments around those. Um, oh, there you go. Jay's got a nice big list there of companies. Um, so also helping businesses with their risk assessments on assessing the risk of catching COVID and, you know, what impact that's going to have on their employees and also the impact of what the jab. And then there's a whole risk legal liability around the responsibility of if something happens to your worker, then it falls back on the Health and Safety or now the Work Health Safety Act. And that's a whole, a massive penalty. Yeah, right. So, and what kind of penetration are you having? In other words, how many businesses are you uh, are you helping at the moment uh, to undertake these risk assessments? So we've helped dozens of businesses over this time. Um, it quietened off a little bit, but it's still still continuing, and businesses are still coming through in dribs and drabs, needing some help. And there's um, you know employees now that are still trying to fight this stuff that are you know we we have helped done a lot of work with Woolies employees and Coles employees and with Qantas and yeah. Paul's actually been 
called as an expert witness for the Qantas um, case or the the aviation case um, against the aviation airlines. So, um, yeah, we've done a lot of work in that respect as well. Yeah, okay. And have you had any real successes or is this a constant slow battle? Um, Um, We have – the employee one has been a really tricky one because we're we just topping up wine glasses here. We are, if you're um, hearing all these bangs important. coming through, yeah. we're just taking care of business. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Wine and chocolate, that's the that's the mainstay for the evening. Mm. Um, the employees has been a hard slog because as a lot of you that are listening will know that um, fair work is, um, ac- the, is not actually fair work mm. and they've not um, helped – in any shape or form. They've just gone back on that rhetoric of the government saying you have to do it, so you have to do it. Um, Mm. So there's not a lot of employees that have had much success there. A lot of people have gone through the process for unfair dismissal purely to have it recorded that they have been unfairly dismissed. So at some stage down the track, if our world, Paul always refers to it as that we're living in an inverted world at the moment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if the world turns back to where it should be that you may have some, re, you know, some um, avenues to go back and say, well, I was unfairly dismissed or terminated and now I want some reference for that. When we hopefully wake up from this yeah. um, mass psychosis delusion that we're all yeah. going through at the moment. Yeah. Well, well, not all of us, but yeah. most of us. Exactly. Okay. So <clears throat> that's really interesting. And you've got some lawyers working with you as well, right? Um, pushing this along? Yeah, so we've got um, a lawyer over in Melbourne that's been helping us with some paperwork. Um, to They started looking at it with the masking for the kids in school, um, but then they dropped that. So that's sort of – but it's still – our belief is that um, even though they've dropped some of these things now, there's nothing stopping them from, um, you know – putting us through this again yeah. at some stage. So so we're basically, we know that it's not needed right now, but we're preparing for if it is needed down the track that mm. um, that we've got an option there for, for parents to be able to um, present this documentation to the schools and to get them to back off because they have no legal grounds to be making children wear masks. Yeah. And the responsibility falls squarely on the shoulders of the principals of these schools who are considered as the person in charge and the legal responsibility. So if anything happens to a child, so if you're a principal out there listening to this and that happens again, I'd be very thinking very carefully about what actions you take because mm-hmm. you can be held legally liable mm-hmm. and it's actually in documentation that the education department has um, on their website that says that they are responsible. Yes, and I'd like to follow up by saying this is what we are talking about. Mm. It's duty of care. Yeah, exactly. You cannot forget duty of care. That is your ultimate responsibility. Yep. If you're a person in a position such as a school principal or a leader in a business, duty of care. So that's, um. I mean, these things are just incredibly duplicitous aren't they that's the, right and things the, that are going and, on mark and i think especially here we have to look at the fact that the children themselves when they're masked up their grades are falling yep and the real problem is they're not going to measure the fallen grades as the terms progress mm. because they're trying to hide this evidence yet mm. the kids themselves will know 
and their parents will know they're not meeting proper standards. But the standards themselves are being perverted by the fact that nearly all the schools are forcing the children to wear masks. Mm. I believe it's different for the children of Mark McGowan, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and one can only hope that our society is in such a disarray by that stage that we um, we can actually take some positive action towards correcting the situation. Yeah. I mean, there is always that fear that things just continue to break down, but who knows? Um, an interesting point on all of these things are, uh, has anybody looked up the uh, vitamins, principles of coercion? That's starting to come out more and more now. Um, When we talk about, okay, it's so wonderful, isn't it? The mandates have been eased, but how do we know that that this is not just a little bit of a softening up Mm. process and that we're going to go back into this again? And if you follow Biderman's principles of coercion, um, look it up, people. It's a very interesting little list um, that was put together by a psychologist, I think, in the 50s, Mark? I, I 50, don't know. I'm not familiar with Yeah, it's quite, it's quite put, a while yeah. ago. But it was put together by studying um, tactics of um, when you torture someone and you get the information out of them, what's that called? Uh, interrogation. A, interrogation. And, and obviously this is what we're talking about, coercion, right? So yep. um, this psychologist put this list together. Mm. And if you have a good look at it and you really have a bit of a read and, and take some time to consider the steps in it, you'll notice that we've followed all 10 of the 12 steps. Yeah, I think I have actually. At this that. point. Mm. So that's um, something that's always worth keeping an eye on. Well, it's just, it, I said in 2020 that Mark McGowan was going to lull everyone to a false sense of security and then crucify them. And that's pretty much what he did as soon as he got re-elected. Mm. And the, the, what he's lifted now, like the reprieve that he's given us, um, you know, I don't think anyone should be, there's too much complacency going on, but I don't think you want to be complacent that um, this is the end of it. Mm. Um, my... We should run a sweep on it, actually, of when things might change again. But my um, my prediction is that um, potentially nothing will happen until after the, the international soccer tournament in July <laughs> because by removing the restrictions that he did around um, – the capacities in a re, you know in entertainment places by removing the restriction of people coming in unjabbed into WA means that he can get a full house at the um at what's it called Optus Stadium Optus, yeah. he mm. can have people coming in from the eastern states for the soccer tournament even though you know we're in a state of emergency go figure like mm-hmm. inviting people into our state so they make so much money out of that arena same with you know just the normal footy games that I don't think he's going to do anything because we all know it's already shown that sport is more important than anything. So I don't think Your that's my dollar, prediction. Yeah, Your exactly. It's, all about it's a lot more dollars. important than hospitals. In hospitals they have ramping, yep. but the football injured are treated very, very quickly unless, yep. of course, they've had a reaction to the jab, in which case they have to call it something else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. So, Jay. You got to speak into the yes. mic, Jay. You're, you're sharing mics, so you two have got to you know, get together with the program here. So uh, we've shared beds together. Oh, <laughs> well, Jay, well, the last we've time we've had no choice. The last time, rooms. Jay, Jay, the last time you were on the show, when I said to everyone, "Are you ready? We're going live now." What was it you said, Jay? Oh, I used live... to work at a sex shop. Yes. Yeah, I didn't know we were live at the time. No, I mean that Deb and I have shared a hotel room 
Oh, oh, is that, that had it like oh, a king size bed, so therefore we had to oh, share the bed. Yeah, okay, I get you. I get you. everyone. Um, and I think we stayed at Deb's people. house one night, and you took the spare room, so I had to share a bed that night well, as well. I wasn't going to bring it up because an honest man doesn't tell tales. But um, we've got we've <laughs> like got politicians. We've got a lot of people in the chat right now. Um, we've got uh, eleven people in the chat, and um, I'd just like to ask you all: um, Do you believe Jay and Deb? Because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I'd really just like to say at this point, um, I've got a question for you, Jay. Yes. What's that funny wooden thing around the dunny bowl? <laughs> oh, oh, the funny wooden thing around the dunny bowl is it's a poo step or something like that. Right, so I'd right. seen this thing on the internet where. Okay, so there's not you, young children, there's no, some no, kinky going you, on. If you pop your feet on the stool when you're having a poo, it straightens your bowel or does something and it makes your poo easier. And I'm like, I really oh need God. one of these. <laughs> and and, and so they're like I, about, I on, made oh it my yeah, God. they're like $170. And then I said to Dave, check this out. And he goes, oh, I could make you that. So Dave came out to Kirukura for a couple of months when I was living out there. And I'm like, check this out. So while he was in Kirukura, he made me the poo stool, put the poo stool, Step thing. I don't know what it's actually called. Oh, Have you yeah. not ever it's seen the YouTube? Weird though, guys. Have you not <laughs> seen the YouTube video of the unicorn and the ice cream doing a poo? No, Jay. That's what it's for. <laughs> I, <haven't Yeah>. <laughs> I think it must be something like elephant feet toilets you like they have in third world countries. <laughs> Dave made uh, that. Bit, Do you know what? No, can I tell you? I, can, I thought she was going to say. Can I tell you why I asked the question? I went in there, right, and it's going through my head, what is this? <laughs> and I thought, Small children. Maybe Dave's got grandchildren. I'm not sure. I've got grandchildren. Okay. But it's not for the that, children. Oh, it? It's for me and Dave. Do you still use it, Dave? No, I don't use it anymore. I'm too don't lazy. You? I use but, it every time I poo. <laughs> it's the natural no, way. I'm seriously, okay. you guys are all staying here tonight. If you poo in the morning, please use the stool. <laughs> the show is And you're awesome. going to be Uh-oh. going, oh, my God, why don't I have one? Okay. Yes, that's true. From the elephant feet um, um, And Dave's going to go into the business of making poor <laughs> He's already been asked so, to make a few for old people's homes. Excuse me. Um, Jeff Rowe, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, I agree. No more red wine for you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the chocolate. Listen, a little bit of facts behind the, the chocolate? The yeah. poo still. Yeah. Please, oh, tell us. Now, yeah. naturally... <laughs> Please tell People me. weren't walking around with a toilet bowl under their arm, mm. right, many years ago. Quite a few. Mm. Quite a few years ago. Yeah. You go to Indonesia, any other. Well, that was what I was going to get world onto. country. Oh, you got a squat. Old people can still do a squat. Mm. You go around all the nursing homes in Australia and see how uh, yep. many old people can actually do a squat. Dave, and thank you for I turning this be conversation around because no, I thought not, we'd lost the plot for a little lot while. Of, there's a lot to say about that. <laughs> there right? is. With general health. If you can squat and stand back up, there's a lot to say for your whole general health. You know, well-being. Physical, your, correct physical, Your knees are still working, your hips are still working. We're not just sitting on the couch. 
Mate, I've just got to say it again. Thank you for turning this conversation around because we got a little bit off track. Well, you need a little bit but of facts in there you, you, every you do. now and then I, I, where things are coming from. I've got to say that all these things went through my head. And, yeah. Jay, I'm very proud of myself because where I ended up <laughs> was where you, what you explained. I think I heard of this before. Did you put your feet on it? No, Jay, I was standing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't you know standing I, on this. I don't know if I can bring you myself to put my feet on. <laughs> anyway, everyone on the toilet, put your feet on it. So yeah, that was the word I was looking for. Squat. So thank you, Dave, for thank you, Dave, you know, for rescuing the situation. Mark, have you ever heard of such a thing? Uh, yes, you have things like that in third world countries. They're called elephant feet toilets. They're mm-hmm. very easy to clean. They sit flat on the ground, and you place your feet in the positions for them, in other words, the elephant feet, and you do your business right in the middle through See, the hole. See, everyone, this is why I bring Mark along with me to these things because <laughs> the he's The voice wa- of reason. The walking cyclopedia. <laughs> yeah. Wikipeaks. Wikipeaks. Well, I've been to South is America. That we're That's why I've it? seen them. Wiki, Wikipeaks. We could call it Markipedia. <laughs> it is Markipedia. I think we need an app, everybody. It's Markipedia. It's, it's, it's a thing. It's, it's a definite thing. I'm going to make uh, a million. We usually have a bidet in a toilet. Yes. That we've got. So that probably would have shocked you even more. I know that wouldn't shock me. That wouldn't? I haven't seen it. I'd, if I'd coupled the bidet with that, it would have made more sense again. But anyway, if everyone, if you can hear all the banging and clanging, it's because we're in a lovely country home and Jay's here. <laughs> <laughs> Of elephant feet, that's me. Yeah, doggy onesie. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, audience, um, I'd love to hear from you. Would you like to dial in now? mm, Wondering whether how I do this. I think you just call Jeff. Got any tips? Jeff, Jeff, someone, where's Jamie? Robin's here. Robin, can you please try and dial in? I think you can do it. Just make a call to the show. That, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing this. Here we go. Oh, 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 here we go. Here we go. Oh, oh, Robin, I think I clicked the wrong button. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> Try again, please, Robin. No, Robin's going to call you. I think I rejected the call. Go on. Hi. Someone else? Oh, Deb, 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 you can't Deb be at the call. mic and calling as well, mate. This is great. No, it's, no, I'm not calling. Not, no, no, Robin, just dial again, please. Um, I hung up on you. Hi, Robin. Hello, Robin. Hi, Robin. She says it's not working yet. It worked the first time. All right, while you're trying to work that out, I'm going to go okay. through the list of um, companies that are keeping the mandates. Oh, please, let's disp- expose them. Coles, Commonwealth Bank, Telstra, Virgin, Qantas, HBF, Medibank, RAC. Oh, should we tell them what we did about RAC? So we heard that RAC was. Um, well, I think we've got Robin. We've got Robin? Okay. We'll come back. No. Say hello, Robin. Hello. Good morning. Oh, hey, Robin. Hey. Robin, how are you going? Oh, I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Um, Pretty good. Tell me. What did you think about Jay's um, wooden thing around the toilet? Was it? Uh, well, actually, a lot of <laughs> a lot of people put uh, telephone books in their toilets when they don't have a 
yeah. a, a lovely wooden stool in there. So, yeah, it's not the first time I've heard about it. Oh, <laughs> gosh, now I look like the silly one. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with you, Andrew? <laughs> Everyone needs a poo stool. Come on. That's right. That's right. Learning, Andrew. There's nothing learning. wrong with it. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is why I love going to other people's homes because I learn about all these things. All these <laughs> things that I didn't know about. Mark, what sort of funny little things are in your home? Well, I'm a very plain home because I've uh, <laughs> because I'm not yet elderly and uh, crotchety. I just have very ordinary toilet. No, you don't have any elephant feet. Okay. No, nothing like that. I All right. If you can get so you're not a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not just very no. ordinary. <laughs> no, Jay, you're not a weirdo, Jay. Um, so, um, Robin, um, what would you like to have a quick chat about? Actually, I know. Tell us a quick, uh, just a couple of minutes about what you did out front of the school recently in Monday. Uh, well, I was up in Warraloo because they, uh, the principal had uh, allowed the West Australian Health Department to uh, send some nurses up there to have a pop-up jab and stab clinic um, at, at the uh, primary school in Warraloo. So I went up there with my umbrella and um, handed out some information and stood on the corner um, just to bring a bit of awareness about it. And now after that, I've been sent many emails mm -hmm. um, about up and coming jab and stab clinics coming up in the hills, which is disturbing to say the least. So there's one on Monday, which is my birthday. Mm -hmm. And I'll be spending that uh, at one of the Hill schools doing what I did in Wooroloo. Robin, I'm going to do my very best to get out there to be with you. Um, now, look, Robin, that was that was really, really well received online. We did a little phone interview about it. Um, what are people mm. saying to you about the video or, is, you know? Yeah, I'm getting um, a lot of good comments, um, not only on Rumble, but um, on all the other social well, media platforms. Sorry, as, I was, as I was saying, Jay's uh, in the house and uh, we nearly lost everything. It's all good. We're, we're back in control. Sorry. So, yeah, we've got cables everywhere, everyone. It's my fault. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, did you say, Robin, people are going to join you? I have put the call out there to uh, have people come and join me. Now, I have received a lot of comments saying, well done, we need to stand up for the kids and all very positive things, but nobody has actually put their hand up to come out there. So that is disappointing. It is. <clears throat> but you know what? That was so powerful what you did and um... – the video is very, very well received. So you never know, you might inspire somebody to turn up. Who knows? Don't don't give well, up. I hope so. <laughs> I'm not yeah. giving up, that's for that's for sure. I had someone trying to convince me to give up this morning and that person can shove it. Right. Good on you. <laughs> well done, Robin. That's right. We Thank you. All the people in Calamunda are going to be made sick by this jab. All the people in the hill. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. All so right. they're targeting areas that are, are largely unvaccinated and, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're on to the hills at the moment. Yeah. Um, 
Deb, you're looking something up. Did you want to say yeah, something? Yeah, so um, a friend of mine shared um, an email. With, hang on, I just have to put my glasses on because I can't read it. Yeah, did you want to put your headphones on? Yeah, Pips? I can for a minute. Yep. Yep, cool. We've, um, um, we're okay. back to all having a mic, so right. let's go. So this was a school or is a school in Melbourne. Um, it's at Middle Park Primary School. And on Wednesday, the 15th of June, they're having a pop-up um, jab clinic. And on Wednesday, just gone, they were having the Port Phillip Council's youth team going to the school to run some fun student activities linking in with the vaccine theme, oh. Enchanted Forest. Are you serious? Um, no, I'm serious. So um, I shared this on our SW Freedom community page and I said um, the, in the email it's actually got the mobile phone number. So if anyone's got a pen and paper and they'd like to write this down. <laughs> um, I do. Hold on. Just let okay. me write it down. <laughs> So yep. the coordinate this email is from the coordinator, middle years and youth services, um, families, youth, children and divisional performance. Um, and her name mm. or his I'm not sure that's a him or her. Uh, oh, Sarah. Um, the phone number is 0432 005 346. So, you know, feel free to give that person a call and ask them what the enchanted forest is and um, why they think that's okay. And I think actually everybody here should do the same. Yep, we should Monday. all phone them. Yep. Um, my ring. Um, okay. We need to get that phone number so I can put it in the description of the show. Yep. So everyone can join in and phone these people and ask them, what the heck do you intend by doing this? Yeah. It's just disgusting. I just, it really is, man. Yeah. I'm sick to death of this. We were told for a year and a half that children were never going to get, that we were never going to be um, jabbed at ever all, ever have a problem or jabbed, and now we're doing everything we can. Did you want to just jump on that? Mo oh, Dave's coming back. Okay. Oh, there's so it's also a bit of a moving environment in here, everybody. Yep. Sorry, there's Please. also a mobile number here for the assistant principal of this said school. Mm -hmm. Um, and her mobile number, her name's Sue Gordon, and her mobile is 0404-924-329. And I'll give awesome. a thank you for that. That's right. I'll give this to Andy and he can um, put it in the description it of the will. show. Yeah. We're here to um, be responsible citizen journalists, everybody. Um we are not going to stand by while these people destroy our society and commit criminal acts with the hubris that they are going forth with it is disgusting and it has to end. And um, I'm just watching um, the cabling going berserk here. We've got animals everywhere. It's such an awesome environment. Um, it's a very organic environment. It's extremely organic. It really is. We've got a whole pile of organic pink lady apples behind us in the box. So if you hear some crunching, that's us eating oh, apples. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to take a heap of them home. Um, all right. What's next, ladies? Um, would anyone else like to dial in and join the chat? Well, that's happening and Dave's coming back. So so we've got the list. So we're up to RAC, Alinta, Aldi, Bunnings, HCF, Bankwest, Alcoa, BHP, but apparently BHP you have to be double jabbed, jabbed, but you don't have to have the booster. Okay, for now, right? For now. Yeah. 
But getting back to RAC, um, so we heard that they were not dropping the mandates for their employees. My cousin has worked there for 30 years. You mean now, blokes that are driving around on their own out in the country? Yeah, and um, all the people in the office and okay, you know, but, everyone that works in RAC. Yeah. So Dave and I, I've got my car insurance with RAC and Dave and I have the house and our contents insured with RAC. So the minute I heard that they weren't dropping them, I went, well, you've just lost my business. Mm. Yeah, so man. I rang them and um, cancelled both of our insurances. Really and, good on yeah, you. And got new insurances. Um, and then the young fella on the phone, he was lovely, and he said to me, oh, so, um, well, I need to, can I ask you why you're going to, why, you know, why you're cancelling your insurance? And I'm like, oh, I'm really glad you asked, asked that. me that question. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I said, Liam, his name was Liam, and I said, look, I know this has nothing to do with you. I said, yep. but the fact that RAC are continuing with mandates um, for mm. their employees, um, I need to stand up for what I believe in and I believe the mandates are wrong. What so did he say? He, I could hear this kid. You could hear his brain I working, I seriously eh? could hear his little mind ticking away. There was wow. lots of silences and then he's like, yep, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. And I don't even really? know whether That's he good. knew that this had happened. Because <clears throat> okay, was he, this a salesman in him? It was, was just the, training it, it was just through? the guy that, I'm, you know. I'm a skeptic. Right? Well, it was just the guy that, you know, I spoke to. to Did he to seem genuine to you? I mean, you, I you're think, a real person, Joe. You think get he, a sense no, of this. No, I, I felt that he was genuine. Yep. Nice. Um, and then he said, oh, look, do you mind if I put you on hold while I speak to my supervisor? And I said, sure, go for it. But then he chose not to in the end. He didn't put me on hold. But I could hear him typing away and I could hear under his breath that he was saying, you know, he was putting in the feedback going, oh, yeah, cancelling yeah. insurance because of mandates. I said, for employees, make sure you write that. Did you? Good yeah. on you. And, um, and then I said to him, look, you know, I, again, I know that this is nothing to do with you and it's all upper management. Yeah. I said, but the only way that I can make a difference is hit you guys in the hip pocket. Um, mm. And then I said to him, and you're going to receive a lot more phone calls because I'm I, there's a Facebook um Group, group called Community X, no jab, no job, something like that. I can't remember exactly what it's called. Um, and th that's where the lists are being, you know, being updated. So there was quite a few people and we were all talking about the RAC. So they're apparently they're all ringing. And I said, look, wow. you know, you're going to expect a few more phone calls because people will be in, um, cancelling their insurance. Now, the new insurance I've got for my car, I do have roadside assist and someone did ask the question on the Facebook group and I said, look, no doubt it, it's possibly RAC mm -hmm. that are going to help you with that. I said, but they now get $90 a year off me rather than $2,000 a year. So that right. does make a difference. So we can all look at those lists and, you know, call them up, cancel your insurances, don't shop there like Woolies and Coles. Yeah, yeah. I don't generally shop you there anyway. But I, I, we don't talk about this enough. No. We need to be uh, – I've probably got to check myself The only here. way we can affect change yes. is to hit people in the hip pocket. Yeah. yeah. You know, companies. And, exactly. So where money is concerned, people want to make – these big companies want to make money. Mm. So, you know, if it's 100 people or 1,000 people that ring up and cancel their insurance with RAC, they're going to lose a shit ton of money. Mm. You know, and yep. then they might go, oh, hang on a minute, we've just lost what's 100 people times $2,000 a year or 1,000 oh, yeah. people. Well, it would be 
you know, Massive it's a lot of money. Scales, yeah. So much, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's it. We 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 really need to get to that stage where we're we're much more activist, all of us, because we're all we always say apathetic. Um, maybe the way we start changing things is by literally appealing to people's apathy <laughs> by going well. You know, how do you feel about paying two dollars fifteen? Or, 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 or would it be crazy to say two dollars fifty in the near future? Probably not, not. Probably not. You know, like McDonald's has dropped the mandates for their staff. Now, because of that, I've never eaten McDonald's in my life. I proudly, my little listener, I've never had Maccas in my entire life. Now I'm like, oh, maybe I should go get a milkshake or something from Maccas because they've dropped the mandate. I won't do it. Yeah, I'm just getting the point across. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, everybody. Dave's messaging me here. One sec. Yeah, can I just say about um, apathy? It, yeah, please. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yes, go ahead, Robin. Yes, please. This was one of the thoughts that I had last night when I was receiving all these comments about, you know, how great it is going up to the schools and, you know, keep going, don't give up. Um, you know, my... <laughs> My first thought is that everybody, everybody wants um, a warrior to fight for them, and they don't actually want, don't actually Be want to get up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and and Robin, um, we won't mention names, but tell us about the experience that you had with a certain person who started criticising you for what you were doing. Um. Well, it it uh, it it took me by surprise, actually, and and the thought from that particular person was that um, most people are now jabbed, so they therefore are going to jab all of their children. So there's no point going to the schools because the parents are going to jab them anyway. Now, mm-hmm. to me. There, I can't stand around knowing that children are being sacrificed because that's what's happening. Due to apathy. Um, yes, and that attitude of, well, most people are jabbed, so they're going to jab their children. I, I'm not happy with that, you know. At least we can go out and try and give people some information and make people think about it. And then um, to top it all off um, was then referred to as a nut job and that people are just going to look at me people are just going to look at me like i'm an anti-vax nut job so i'm going to ask um, gentlemen in the room here mark what do you think about that comments please yeah i know it's very very difficult because uh, the government is very much in control and when you do go up to these schools and protest there's many parents who've already made their decision and try to uh, abuse you or push you out I think because you feel so strongly about it, I think it is important to continue because you have to bear witness to what is going wrong since many of these parents and their children are going to get very sick later on. And if you Mm. didn't go up there, they're going to say, why didn't you tell me? So Mm. you've at least got to bear witness even though you get abused for it. And unfortunately, you're doing the right thing. I agree. Dave, what do you think about this, mate? You've just heard this story. 
Um, yeah. This uh, is I a, mean, just remember, this is a man saying this to a lady who's going out so bravely to stand on her own out front of a school. And there's a bloke out there telling her she's a nut job. I personally, I find that offensive, but I mean, Marx has taken a much broader perspective on it and, 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 and it's a fair comment that he made. What, how does that make you feel? I think it's a good reflection of how people have been treating each other for the last two years. That's a great comment, mate. Um, yeah. The way we've been treating each other, I mean, we're supposedly looking after the elderly by locking them down in isolation in their last years and yeah. letting them die alone. Like, what's happened to our humanity? I'm so glad you brought that up, mate, because, you know, we, I mean, that's been talked about a bit, but we actually don't talk about that very often. Like, in reality, we don't give it fair air time. And I'm not talking about being on this, this show. I mean, just in general. Um, it's keep going, mate. It's, it's oh, shameful. It's, it's, it is. It's shameful. It's <laughs> Go from, Debs. from the yeah, first right. time I heard about uh, old people being locked down. Yeah. They haven't got much left to live for. And if you take what they have got to live for away from them, you're not saving them from COVID. You, you, you're putting them in a situation where they're going to die without their loved ones around them. Yeah, but not only that, you're cutting off the last bit of life they have. I mean, it's so sinister. It is. It, it, that um, hospitals that don't allow people in to see their kids and, you know, I, I mean, put them in a hazmat suit or but what, mate, mate you know what? but let them in do you know the thing that i've had a big issue with this entire time you've got this old person who's dying um do you think if given the choice in their sane mind they would want to spend their last let's say it's a week right um even two weeks they want to spend their last week not all two weeks not ever seeing their family or see all their family and have a couple more days to live I know what I'd choose. Oh, I definitely know what what you everyone choose. Everyone would choose, I think, really. Hmm. Yeah, and this is where I reject these hard and fast rules that these criminal tyrant politicians um, continue to dream up in ways to control us. I've had a gutful. What about yep. you? Uh, yeah. And especially when they attack children in this way. Children are not allowed to visit old people, yet they're telling the children, mask up or granny will die. This is blackmail yeah. and it's destroying the lives of children. Since everybody knows that the most valuable life is the life of children, people whose lives are yet to come, and our government, and our institutions, and the global elites who are running this scam are, t are trying to destroy the lives of children once and for all, making them depressed and causing real psychological problems as these children get older. Yeah, and as, the other well thing on that too, damage. Mark, is it's not the children's responsibility to look after old people. It's old people or elderly people's responsibility to look after the children. Yes. And if you've, I don't know if you've watched Battleground Melbourne, it's a fantastic documentary. Yep. And there's a lady there, she's only in her early 70s, and she says that. She said, I never asked that. I, I've never asked any younger person to protect 
me. I'm at the end of my life. I might have another 10, 15, 20 years, who knows, but I'm at the end of my life and it's my responsibility to look after the young people, not the other way around. That's right. And we're going to be distracted very soon by vegetable police, police going around rooting out (laughs) vegetables that uh, people are planting in their houses to survive. This is Uh, ridiculous. Just before we go on to the vegetable police, my friend Kathy, um, I don't know if I'm sure a few of you know Cathy, um, but she ran for um, the seat of Fremantle for Australian Federation Party. Now, her father had um, dementia and he was in um, care for two years. He, um, She was not allowed to go and visit him for two years because she was not vaccinated or jabbed. Like their, their words, vaccinated, we know it's not a vaccine. So she was not allowed to go and visit him the ironic twist of this was he died. That's right. And mm. guess what? So the week before the election, like, so the election was on the Saturday. I think Rocco died on um, like the Wednesday or Thursday. Mm. And, well, the I'm not even going to say it's an ironic twist. The cruel twist of fate was they wouldn't let her in for two years. Guess what? He died. He was. Mm. She was allowed to go in to the hospital, into the aged care home to view his body. body yeah. Like, like seriously, what the? Oh, my God. That's her daughter. Yeah. Like, you know, D- Dave was saying, like, he looked up statistics of people in aged care. Like, statistically, if you're in aged care, you've got about 18 months to two years to live. Mm. Mm. So we've locked down, you know, states and you know, the whole of Australia to – you know, what they told us to save older people who, and I don't mean this in any disrespect because I would hate for my parents to die. I've got elderly parents. But we locked down the whole of Australia and the ramifications on so many levels to save people in aged care that mm. probably had 18 months, months to two live, years yeah. to live anyway. Mm. And I really think, like Dave said, if you ask mm. any of those people, do you reckon that's what they wanted? Of course, no. Jay, don't forget. Absolutely not. Don't forget that there are the old people who, um, through just this desperate confusion of suddenly le- losing contact with their families, they died anyway. Mm. They, they mm. It just everything about this is wrong. Mm. They it's died just cruel from, they beyond They died belief. from loneliness. Exactly. It's cruel. They died from cruel. a broken heart. Yeah. Absolutely, Robin. Heart. Absolutely. Now, look, um, everybody, let's just take qu- a quick break. Um, I think there's somebody about to join us. Yeah, yeah. so Adrian in Port Hedland and Selena are, I think, on the line there listening. So Adrian's going to give us a call in once Please just, jumped off. Um, no, you don't need to. I don't need to. You can join the conversation. We have uh, six more spots for people to join. Oh, and I think it would be whole... wonderful. So um, please. And uh, the, well, it's called the, the Babble, yeah, babbling in it. Bridgetown with misfits, losers, and drop kicks. So, if you're one of those people, <laughs> please join, <laughs> us. join us and 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 have, let's have a chat about things. Um, grab a glass of wine or a beer or <laughs> some other poison, <laughs> or some chocolate. <laughs> um, oh yes, and um Not and and jump into the chat because we've we've never actually done this before. We've got 19 people online with us right now. Please um, 
actually, no, we haven't. Not quite that many. That's but um, jump in and um, let's all have a chat. We've got a, we've got a few spots. Um, let's let's have some fun with this because it's after dinner. Um, normally, I don't go as loosely as this, but um, I don't know if that's the right word for it. It's but red wine does that. Red wine, yes. Um, but tonight's the night for it. And by the way, while we're waiting for Adrian to join and Selena, of course, um, I'm wondering um, if I could get some feedback from the listeners. Do you think, um, maybe not all of you uh, follow me, um, maybe some of you are new, but do you think that I should merge this show or my the serious side of this show which is like the jab injured series etc that i'm doing with mark should we join that in merge that in with the bellman report and keep the eight news show for more fun stuff like this um i'm just sort of questioning that at the moment and i kind of think that's where i'm going so maybe that's where we're going to head i'm not sure but um please let me know um also for the people who are listening in would you be interested in becoming a subscriber to the show please sign up with the app so that you can become a subscriber and we've got someone dialing in right now it could be hello no they're not connected just yet and um, by the way who's got a lighter um hello are you online i don't think they've connected yet i'm not sure what's going on thanks jay uh no jeff would you like to join um other people in the chat um or in the audience don't have accounts so i don't know what your name is if you wanted to sign up to the podbean app and become a subscriber to the eight news show that'd be wonderful otherwise um we're just waiting for the other person to join I don't think it worked. It seems like you've we've lost connection, but it should work. Just try again. It took Robin two goes, probably because I hung up on him the first time. But um, I know I definitely invited you in to before. Um, what's that? Maybe can you read it out to me, Dem? I'm a little bit blind. Can't set up app. Is there a direct link? Uh, no. Just um. Oh, here they're coming in again. One sec. Let's see if it works now. You just need to. Um, Adrian, I think it is, it's dialing in. Yeah, Adrian. You, you yep. just need to create an account. Um, just make a name, a username, choose your password, create the account, and then I'm pretty sure it's all going to work really, really well. In the meantime, what are we talking about next, everybody? I'm going to tell you about my auntie. Please, Jay. While we're waiting. By the way, I'm about to... Um, yeah, Spice anyway. up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Mark. 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 Jay Rogan. Mark. That's a, Mark. That's a technical term from Markopedia, isn't it? Space Mark. out. Mark. 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 There's a certain um, <laughs> level of cool that oh, you've right. just exceeded there. Oh, right. Right. Uh, <laughs> Mark, we've got a lot of. Oh, I know you're very Mark. intelligent. Annie, 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 here Annie. we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Go, Have we go, got someone go, on the line? Or? No, no, no. Okay, so my auntie and uncle, um, my mum's brother, his wife, my they've been they've had three jabs, so they've had their two and their booster, and then my uncle all of a sudden has been getting chest pains, and um, not feeling very well. He's gone to the doctors. His whole heart, bar one ventricle, correct me on medical terms here, Mark, mm-hmm. bar oh, one one ventricle is blocked. Um, so they've told him he's got to have open heart surgery. Now, 
going back about three months ago, I was having a visit and at one point my uncle's like, oh, I think we're just going to have unvaccinated people at our house. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, serious? So you're not going to sister and your niece and we're not allowed to come visit because my mum and dad aren't jabbed. And um, anyway, I was at mum and dad's. They live in Mandurah. My uncle lives in Mandurah. And I said, oh, I sent him a text message. I said, oh, do you fancy a visit from your unvaccinated niece and sister? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, you're welcome anytime. So we rock up there. Mum's like on the way. It's about a 10-minute drive. Are you going to bring anything up about COVID? And I said, no. If he brings it up, I'll, I'll have the discussion. I would have been in the house for 30 seconds before wow. he started literally yelling at me. Oh, and getting really angry that mum and I weren't vaccinated, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he then, we're making a cup of tea. We're all English, so we love our tea. So we're making a cup of tea. And he pulls out the Christmas mug. Uh, and he says to me, oh, you sh- you can have the Christmas mug because, you know, more than likely you won't be around by Christmas time. <laughs> and I looked at him <laughs> and I said, um, haven't you had three jabs? And he goes, yes, all proud. You know, yes, I have. I said, well, the chances are it's more likely that you won't be around by Christmas time mm, than me. Ventricle, yeah. You know, now I just hope I don't eat my words because I don't wish harm on my uncle, of course. Mm. So that was three or four months ago. And then in the last three weeks, this whole chest pain thing's been happening So I'm wondering, is he thinking about that Christmas mug conversation? I don't know. Anyway, he's got to have open heart surgery. In the meantime, the doctors have said, if you have pain in your chest, take a tablet. That doesn't work. Call an ambulance. Um, Now, my hmm. so mum and dad caught up with them yesterday and my auntie is going, oh, I'm off to have my fourth jab because that has now been you know, um, approved. Well, not mandated, but it's been approved for people over 60 or with comorbidities. So mum tells me this and I'm like, I just can't sit back and go, this is okay. So I sent my auntie a message and said, look, hi, Auntie Jean, you know, I hope everything's okay. Mum's filled me with what's happening with my uncle, blah, blah, blah. I said, but she also told me you're off to have your fourth shot Mm. shortly. I said, I know we're not on the same page, but I, I'm really asking you, can you please reconsider this and just have a think about it a little bit longer? Mm. Um, and if you're open to wanting any information, I'm more than happy to send it to you, but lots of love, Jay. So she sent me a message back going, you know, thank you for your concern um, and lovely thoughts. And yes, I will think about it. I'm thinking, oh, well, that's good. So then oh, I sent her another good. message going, yep, this makes me really happy. I just don't want anything to happen to you. And she's come back and going, thanks, Jay. So fingers crossed that has made her maybe think for a minute or two and she does reconsider it. Jay, Jay, I've just got to interrupt really quickly. I've got a question, but also welcome, Adrian. Um, Thank you for joining us. Before, Before we chat to you, Adrian, I've just got to throw something out there because I'd like to get everyone's feedback on this because you just raised a really interesting thought with me. I'm going to admit something right now, okay? I've been feeling really guilty about the way I've spoken to my mother about this. She's, I think she's triple jabbed actually now. Mm. Now, you were being really direct and honest with your relatives. I've done the same with my mother and I'm feeling a little bit of guilt about it. What do you think? Look, I haven't 
said anything to my auntie. Um, my uncle, I, I tried to talk to him, but he was, he just had his voice ray, um, raised the whole time. And every time I tried to speak, he'd speak over the top of me. And then he'd go, I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, okay, so you want to talk about it. But when I try and talk about it, then that's not okay. So I wouldn't feel guilty. I think what you've got to do is choose your words wisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she big, agrees with me. There's a big difference. And, I, and that, that makes me feel even more guilty. But um, I don't know how else to deal with it. When you're in um, a situation like we all are and you're dealing with someone that you love very dearly and they've done this thing that you know they've hurt themselves by doing, um, I, I just simply can't. Uh, just let it ride. I, I, I don't know. I don't know really what to say. No, that's right. Can, very- I, can I say something about that? Please do. Yeah, I, I think it's really important that um, everybody in the freedom movement and pro-choice um, do not buy into this global guilt, especially especially regarding how we interact with jabbed people because that's actually, I totally understand what you're saying about guilt, but that's actually stealing power away from you and the fact that we are all right, we are on the right side of history. So I wouldn't, that's, that's evil trying to infiltrate you and because you are right, evil will come and try and take that away from you and influence you with this global guilt. I just wouldn't buy into it because it just makes makes our cause weaker and, I, and I still suppose, power. I suppose it's a question of uh, empathy and compassion and all those things. Um, <clears throat> I think... I think you're right, Robin. I think the I think and Jay's right as well. Saying, uh, speaking about it honestly is a fair thing to do. You have you have to be compassionate when you speak about it, and you have to you have to speak in truth. That's, That's right. the bottom line. You yeah. speak in your truth. You don't have to be angry at the person. You don't have to like you know reiterate fear in the person. Like choose your audience. That's what I what I oh, personally okay. think is you you choose your audience of how you speak to that person. That's right. It was the same with my sister. Uh, see, because I'm a doctor, I felt too authoritarian towards her, telling her not to get the jab. And she basically said, well, I have to, or I can't get my operations. And I had to pull back and not be so aggressive. So it does strike us all the time and we have to strike a correct balance. Yes. But we shouldn't be overcome by this global guilt. Yeah. That's quite right. right, Robin. That's right, yeah. I, I, I Thank you, everybody. I. Oh. I wasn't really looking for confirmation. It's just uh, it's a something. It's something I think it's important to talk about amongst other people who are going through this as well, because um, it's a difficult one to navigate. That's and right. um, I I really do love my mother. I just feel mm. and look. Hey, everyone, my entire family are triple jabbed, mm. in, including some of my uh, nephew uh, nieces. I've only got nieces, so um, it's really really tough now. Everyone, we have a very special guest. Adrian, how are you, mate? We've got Jeff in um, just joining us as well. Jeff, you disappeared before I could connect you. Please. Going good. Going good. Thanks, Andrew. Can you hear us okay? We can, yes. mate. Brilliant. Hey, Adrian. Adrian. Good to see you. Good Hi, to hear Adrian. from you. Hi, Adrian. And Selena. <laughs> have we got Selena? Oh, hey, Andrew. How are you going? Hey, Deb. 
Great. Hi, hey, 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 hey. So good to have Port you guys. Port Hedland represent. Mm. Port Facebook Hedland. Facebook friends. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry I couldn't <laughs> make up with you at Geraldton. I was talking with Wayne Glue at the time. He was telling me some big stories. Okay. Oh, um, Adrian, mate, um, there's a few of us down here in Perth or in that region that really, really are looking forward to getting together with you guys up in Port Hedland. Mate, can you give us a quick report on the town council meetings that are currently playing out before our very eyes? Um, yeah, look, mate, uh, firstly, we're looking forward to having you up here when you get here. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a... A funny uh, couple of months since we met, and uh, yeah, looking forward to showing you around our our area up in this this part of the world. But getting back to the uh, getting back to the um, shenanigans going on in Port Hedland. So, as you guys as you guys know, um, back in April, sorry, actually back in back in March, we had a um, we sort of petitioned the local government here for our um, uh, to get a special special electors meeting so we could put some um, resolutions forward to to uh you know basically you know all about the freedom same thing that we're all fighting for with the freedom and the uh pushback on the mandates and all the um, public health orders and state of emergency um declarations state of emergency extensions and um so our meeting was called for uh 12th of 12th of april uh, it was a Tuesday, and we um, we we got a couple of hundred um, electors from Port Hedland. We did a um, we did a uh, we we actually we put some pretty heavy heavy-handed uh, motions in there, basically asking our local government to challenge uh, McGowan's government in the state government uh, via the judicial review process to uh, challenge the um, state of emergencies, the um, state of emergency extensions, um, some uh, restrictions. On access directions, mainly around mainly around the uh, uh, resource workers, and we also had some um, public and community health directions, which basically uh, you know pertain to businesses up here in the Pilbara, you know where people weren't allowed to enter those businesses, etc. So yeah. uh, we voted as as electors, as all the as all the special electors meetings, we voted basically you know it was unanimous vote, no one no one pushed back. Um, the council was quite surprised, I think, because they they put their own motions in for us to vote on, and we we didn't even uh, we didn't even put those those motions or those resolutions forward. Fast forward a um, fast forward a month, we finally got our um, special council meeting to uh, vote on our resolutions that we put forward back on the twelfth of April, and the at, at that meeting, the CEO of the town actually removed the motions that we'd put forward, and. And basically put his own motions in there, which were toothless advocacy type motions, saying, "Oh, we want to be pro-choice, and we're going to write a letter to McGowan government saying Port Hedland doesn't like the mandates." Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, thankfully we've got a couple of uh, brave councillors up here, and they moved a motion on the floor on the night of the 11th of May to reject and not vote on the motions that the CEO had put forward, but but to bring our own motions that we had. Um, Put forward back on the twelfth of April, um, put them put them back on the table to be debated by the council. Now that absolutely shocked the mayor and uh, I guess his close supporters. And as it turned out, we got um, most of those motions were pushed forward to actually uh, challenge McGowan in the in the Supreme Court. Now, soon after that happened, obviously that kind of got 
big news around Australia and the state and and um, even internationally. You know, we had we were sort of getting approached by um, newspapers in London and everyone was sort of getting a little bit excited about it. But in the background, the losing the, the minority losing losing voters on the council was the mayor and uh, two other guys. And only days after our after our um, council voted in uh, absolute majority to um, push forward with our resolutions, the mayor and uh, the the two other the other two because the the council voted five and three five and three in our favour, and so because we had the absolute majority, the mayor actually didn't have any say in the uh, in the vote, and so straight after we we'd done that vote, the mayor and his uh, his two losing um, minority voters. They called a special council meeting immediately to revoke our uh, special electors' resolutions. Now, totally, you can't change, you can't change a a, pre, a previously approved um, uh, council council approved set of motions yes. unless some new legal advice has come through to change that says that that says that what we are doing is um, somehow illegal or doesn't have some sort of legal validity. Yeah, there needs now, to be a precedent set that allows that to go forth. Not so much a precedent, but it certainly needs it certainly needs um, you know, we need to make sure that we have one, um, what they call ultra virus, that we do have the power to as a local government to challenge a state government, but also we also needed legal standing. Right. So the um the local government here in Headland has gone and approached um one of WA's and probably probably WA's leading local government law firm, which is uh, McLeod's in Perth. Um, and of course, the advice that's come through from them has basically told our councillors that we don't have standing, we don't have we don't have power or ultra vires to challenge the state government. Now, of course, that, that legal advice, we understand is, I mean, we would have to say tainted at best, because it's come from a law firm whose main client is, is you know, WA state government and local government. And yeah. so, you know, not only that, the councillors up here haven't been allowed to take that legal advice away and look at it. They're only allowed to look at that legal advice under supervision. What? And it appears, that, and 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 they're not allowed to. They're not allowed to. Uh, they're only allowed a certain amount of time to look at it during the day. So, hang on, hang on, hang on. Where does this come from? Where? Uh, under what law? So they can't even get their own advice. So they I, I, take it away and assess it from properly for themselves. No, they're not allowed to do that. They're only allowed to look at it. And if they have questions, they've got to make appointments and then they're only allowed to talk with the legal counsel that's that's written the legal advice um, under supervision, again, of the administration of the council. No, so no, 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 this it's, is all it's, wrong. It's, What's going it's, on here? Well, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's kind of like what we're challenging at the state government level. We're like, come on, Mr McGowan, show us the, show us the science or show us the proof that there was a state of emergency to keep extending this state uh, of emergency. Show us where you got your, show us where you got your show us where you got your your science, which called for these um, these mandates and these mask wearing and these lockdowns and these these vaccination mandates. Show yeah. us the science. Show us what you've got. And of course, all this stuff is uh, secret men's business. No one's allowed to look at it. And that's what we're challenging. And now we're seeing the same thing happening at our council level, and they're just being told keep everything confidential. Don't let anyone see this legal advice because. Obviously, the legal advice is uh, so flimsy, they don't want anyone seeing it from outside that can refute it and shoot it down. And so, you know, we're going through this, um, you know, this this fight in the background, trying to make sure we can, uh, 
you know, get <clears throat> work, as, work as electors to get to get the information and alternate, uh, I guess, legal opinion um, from from what we consider an untainted source, someone that actually knows a little bit about the judicial review process, and number two, someone that isn't, uh, you know, exclusively working in the in, for, for government departments. Well, so it's, first and foremost, the thing that really, really upsets me with what you've just said is that um, the councillors are not able to have fair access to the information so that they can make an informed choice. And go take it away to get their own legal advice. Yeah. Exactly. They're not allowed to. And, and look, the councillors themselves <coughs> have called numerous law firms um, in and around WA and Perth no one wants to borrow them. Everyone is everyone is scared. This is a I mean this I mean not not just not just law firms, but I mean the council themselves. They are shitting themselves on this. They're not. It's a it's a, an uncomfortable situation to be in for all of them. We've we've certainly put them on the spot. We've we've uh, I mean this is this goes right to you know the very depths of the um of of the bullshit that not just Western Australia, not just Australia, but the world is facing. And and people want to know is this have these has all these lockdowns restrictions mandates public health orders state of emergency state of emergency extensions are all these things legal are they are they valid and well yeah well they're certainly know, it's, not it's, valid um, well, we know it's well, illegal yeah, yeah. Look, we, you know we, we I, look i don't know i'm not a lawyer but I, I'd, I'd like to know is it is it uh you know is it legal but port headland we're in a unique situation where hmm. we have an extremely financial um, town, thanks to a previous mayor that um, changed the rules up here, so that the big miners like BHP, Rio Tinto, FMG, Gina Reinhardt had to pay council rates like all the other small businesses in town. So we are one of the one of the wealthier councils probably in the nation, and and you know thanks to thanks to the work of you know a previous a previous um, you know a previous mayor up here, but not only that, we have several members of our council who. They've all taken the jab, and several members of the council have been injured by the jab, mm-hmm. and they're petrified. They don't want this third jab now. Of course, the mandate's winding back. Everyone's sort of taking Everyone's a bit of a breathe out, and there's a bit of a bit of a you know a bit of uh, a sigh of relief, so to speak. Yeah. But you know, we're we're doing what we can to keep the keep the foot to the floor because you know we're doing you know we, as you guys well know, and I, I assume probably your listeners. This is just the beginning of this shit, right? This this is um, what's coming down the track. I mean, I don't want to hypothesise and, and, and delve into the conspiracy, but we know this is this is just the beginning. Yep. And if we don't if we don't hit this on the head now, then uh, we are in, um, you know, it's it's you know, this, this country this country may not be livable before this current election cycle runs its three year term. Exactly. And the hard thing is, and um, going back to the, you know, getting legal advice and the lawyers not wanting to touch. Still there, guys? Two, yeah, yeah, keep, yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah. Hang in there, mate. Yeah, We're all there. together. Yeah. Um, you know that two years ago, our medical fraternity, our legal fraternity, all lost their backbone and their balls, basically, mm-hmm. and none of them will speak again. Still there, guys? Any- uh, yes, yeah. we're all here. Yeah. Uh, Adrian, we're still here. Hang on a minute. Um. I'm just going to type it. Uh, Andrew, I'm not sure if you can still hear us, mate, but I think we've been cut off, eh? Yeah, we can uh, hear you. We can hear you very well. Um, hopefully he sees that message. Um, yeah, we're out. Everything's gone uh, quiet from our end. Yeah. 
Okay, we can definitely hear you. Um, Sorry, guys, one second. Okay. Uh, Debs is yeah, going to so message Adrian via text message. I've got you, guys. Sorry, we've got a we've got an automatic uh, 10 p.m. curfew on the uh, <laughs> on the <laughs> on the volume. <laughs> of the phone. Do not just Mate. couldn't work out couldn't work out what's going on, and we didn't realize we just hit the 10 o'clock. It's like uh, we turn into pumpkin we turn into pumpkins in Port Edmund at 10 o'clock. So, Selena, <laughs> you're letting him turn into an old man, mate. You need to sort that out. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. So, you, Adrian, continue on. That was very, very interesting. Deb, yep. you were saying when – Well, just we saying about that, you know, the, in 2020 our medical fraternity and our legal fraternity all lost their backbone and their balls and none of the medical doctors are willing to stand up and stand by the Hippocratic Oath and actually – do what they're meant to do, which is do no harm and support, you know, patients with their choices. And our legal fraternity have just all gone and ducked under their tables. And I can imagine that it, none of them would want to be tackling, um, you know, to go against a legal firm that's actually go is actually the legal firm for the government because the government would probably crucify them. But they're all you know, lawyers sign onto the bar, which is a legal, a, you know, a legal requirement. So all they are is working for the government, just like accountants are an account, a friend calls them account ants. She reckons that all the accountant's job is is to collect taxes for the for the government. So, you know, you're fighting in a environment that um, they're all corrupted. That's right, uh, particularly for because Go ahead, mate. Sorry. Adrian. Oh, look, I was just going to say it's – you're dead right and, and you know – and, and no disrespect, we've got some really rock star legal firms here in WA. Yeah. But I've, we've been approached by, you know, some really heavy-hitting legal people from around WA and around Australia regarding this. And, some, you know, we've just been offered, you know, so much support and help from, from around the country, both financially and, and also obviously uh, and legally with, with some really great legal minds. And, and it was said to me only uh, earlier in the week, they say you cannot use a law firm in WA. Now, look, I, I don't believe that, but yeah. they're saying you cannot use a law firm in WA because no law firm in Australia has in WA has stood up to McGowan mm. and said, hang on, you've told us we need to be jabbed to go into a courtroom. Mm. And no one's even, no, no law firm has even stood up and challenged that. Yeah, no, that's right. They've no, all that's accepted right. it. So, that's right. So, yeah. And so uh, is, there, is there anyone that is not that, you know, look, I, I kind of understand everyone, this is why you got to have a license to practice medicine. You got to have a license to drive a car. You got to have a license to do, to to you know to do anything because the government has to have control and be able to turn that license off. Exactly. And that's the threat. That's the threat. You don't have that level of control over over you know there's so many great lawyers around the country now that are tiptoeing around this issue because while they may full wholeheartedly you know be on be on the side of truth, justice and freedom so to speak, they're they very much risk their livelihood and their life if they don't, if they uh, if if they do speak up. So they 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 keep down, they keep their head below the parapet, and 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 are kind of chipping away at the edges. But unfortunately, the edges are uh, are fairly flimsy. You know, if we don't um, stand up quickly, these governments like uh, Dan Andrews and McGowan will will legislate legislate away what we thought were our rights quicker than um, these guys can tiptoe around and, and shoot little, um, you know, little pothole, have little pot shots at the edges yeah. from, from Look, these, um, you know, what, Adrian, I'm going to interject really quickly. First of all, Jeff, um, I did accept your 
connection. I'm not, I'm not sure what happened, mate. I'd love to have you in the conversation. Please try again. But I'd like to raise something uh, t- just to do with what we've de- we're, we're talking about right now. I can understand. Well, no, I can't understand. I can pass up on the fact that the lawyers didn't stand up for us, but I simply can't accept that the doctors mm. gave up their Hippocratic oath, gave up their what's the right word for it? It's like this uh, gave integrity. up their medical respectability, their medical responsibility to the truth from all of history, mm. right? Like, um, how the fuck? And I can say that because it's yes. after hours. Mm even though it's going to be posted as an episode for anyone to listen at any time. But how the fuck did our doctors do this to us? And, Mark, I'd like to get your response, but I'm just going to say it before you respond. Um, you know who you are, my doctor. Screw you. I'll never go back to you and I'll be looking for someone who supported the the right way to go ahead whether they're registered or not because i don't need you mark please respond yes it's absolutely dreadful i went to medical school in the 1970s and there were a lot of very eager enthusiastic senior doctors and they did warn us that the big farmer was growing in power and they would eventually take over but i thought that the doctors would maintain their integrity and especially in doing research they would look for both the good effects of the drugs and the bad effects of the drugs but that has not happened and big farmer has taken over and australian doctors have been lured and seduced by the American model of practice. And basically, many otherwise wealthy and respectable doctors have been conned by Big Pharma with the promise of big money. And yeah, because the right. government has cut back on uh, the funding of doctors, many of them have become more easily corruptible. This is an absolutely disgusting situation. And the doctors have also been taken uh, they've been taken to the cleaners by the idea of mathematical modelling. See, you have a lot of people who are epidemiologists and people have greater knowledge of mathematics than the doctors do and they con the doctors with mathematical modelling. Mark, there's something you just touched on. I've got to interject. Mm. Um, A lot of people, um, traditionally speaking, a lot of people are under this myth that doctors make uh, huge amounts of money. Um, I've got to. I've got to let you all know this. That is no longer true. Doctors are in the same position as all of us now. I know this because my father was a doctor. Now he did make really good money. Okay, but um, I also am very familiar with the hardships that doctors are going through. Now my father was an old man. He's, he's, he died a few years ago. Um, so. That era has well and truly passed. Mm. Doctors are earning a shitload less money, maybe even than, well, maybe let's say, let's put it into, Deb, I know you got something to say on this. Um, Let's just make some real comparisons here. Possibly the same sort of money as superintendents on a mine site now. They're not making the massive bucks that everyone thinks they're making, so they can be corrupted. Is the is what I'm trying to get yep. to exactly mm. by dollars? Mm. I think um, you look at the model of a doctor's surgery now, and it's gone from you know you have your little your local doctor, and there's him maybe and one other doctor, and he's got a couple of nurses working in there. To now we have these massive medical centres like uh, my medical centre 
um, which I will name, is Brecken Health in Bunbury. Please do. And that doc, that surgery has, I don't know, 20, 20 plus doctors, I think, mm. probably in that surgery. And um, I know that they, the owner of that surgery, um, she takes 35% of their, ta- like every doctor's appointment takings. Yep. So that's a pretty significant chunk out of your thing. And that's their payment, I guess, for their room that they have. Mm. So I wonder if that's why. So the model is that she, and we know for a fact that she's making about 9000 or taking about $9,000 a week in jab payment across wow. her four surgeries. She's doing about 200 jabs. Is that, sorry, where's that? What area is this in? This is, so there's Bunbury, Bustleton, Eton and So it's a fairly Summer. large She's got, I think area. there's four surgery, four, I think, surgeries. And she does about, they do about 200 jabs a day apparently. Whoa. And um, that works out because they get, the surgeries get $45 a jab. Um, I thought it was more then, than that. Yeah, the no, total thing's meant to be 80. At Bunnings, we're getting 90 a jab, but yeah. the doctor's surgery. Hang on, hang on. Did told. you just say Bunnings? Yeah, yeah Bunnings yeah. were getting $90 hang a jab. On, hang on, hang on. Can I get this correct? When they had the hang on, hang on. Bunnings um, where you buy hammers? jab and yeah. stab clinics, as Robin refers <laughs> to them, which I love. W-F-F. I'm going to take that on board. Yeah. Um, when they had the clinic uh, outside of Bunnings, it was $90 per person to Bunnings. So you go to Bunnings and get your jab outside. Aisle nine, I think, was prostate tests and I think aisle 13 was pap smears. Hang on. You just slapped me across the face there, Deb. Mm. Are we talking about bunnies where you buy hammers and saws and shit? Yeah, and then you get a free sausage sizzle, I think. (laughs) Are you kidding in aisle nine? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. listen, listen, I'm, I don't live under a rock. I'm probably just a little bit busier than I should be. Um, I'm freaking blown away yeah, by this. Bunnings, Jab Clinics, there's heaps what, of them. Hang on, what, what business do they have? Okay, first of all, um, Adrian, I hope you're still there. I, I, I'm getting back to you right now. You Please speak up whenever. Jay's got something she really wants to say. No, um, ask. But, Ask, sorry. Um, for anyone else, Jeff, I know you tried to join the, the chat, or oh, sorry, the conversation. Please try again. I don't know what happened. I did accept you in. Here we go. Jeff's coming in. Jay, go ahead. And Jeff, if you don't connect, please try again. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's going to – we're out in the country, everybody. Um, mm. Let's face it, um, our internet's not as amazing as maybe oh, it would rubbish. be somewhere else. <laughs> Jay. <laughs> Just don't do the 5G. Jay. Just just get your 5G working, mate. <laughs> right. Anyway, please go ahead. Um, hi, Adrian and Selena. How are you going? Going really well, thank you. Yeah, good. good, thank you. Good. It's Jay here. I just have one quick question. Um, Rumour has it that what you guys did in Port Hedland helped McGowan um, saying no to the mandates. I just want to know whether you think what yeah. happened in Port Hedland had any influence on Mark McGowan dropping the mandates for the majority of workers, bar healthcare, et cetera. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, um, I'd like to say yes, just out of ego, but in, in reality, I honestly, I cannot, um, I mean, we can't really take any of the credit for that. I think I think it's more he dropped the mandates because there was fifteen other councils before us that that stood up and, and fought this. And people 
there is a general pushback, right? People are the, the feeling his own popularity rating was uh, was was definitely uh, well not was but is definitely on the on the decline. Um, so much so that there's a by election happening up here with a with a uh, a national party national party uh, state government guy standing down, and and Labor they only lost that seat. Um, in the last election, last year's election, by about 250 votes, and they're not even going to stand. Uh, they're not even going to stand a. Well, by the sounds of it, they're not even going to stand a Labor um, candidate in the in this by election, no. because because they don't. You know, I would have to say that they don't want the humiliation of losing by more than the votes that they lost in the last election. I mean, they. It's. To, for Labor not to run in any seat is unusual. It, it's, it's it's a huge it's a huge deal. So so McGowan, he, I mean, he had to drop the mandates. It was it was uh, something that was you know the, the the pressure is is coming from kind of all angles. Port Hedland is a very small part of that, but there's so many other so many other things. There's there's you know he he received some really good legal advice the day before he dropped the mandates from from a, a wonderful woman in who's I'm not sure I can say her name, but she she obtained a, a really great legal document, 70 page legal document written by Barrister Raymond Broomhall from from Tasmania, yeah. Um, yeah. which was specific to WA's um, mandates and public health orders and you know all, all the all the shit we're dealing with. So look, it's a culmination of all the things. In fact, about three weeks before um, before he did drop the mandates, uh, I was told in confidence in uh, in a in a legal chat with some some um, senior legal minds in Perth, that the mandates would be being dropped on June first, and that's exactly what happened. He, even though he didn't drop them on, he made the announcement on June first for June the tenth. I was told three weeks earlier that the mandates would be dropping, coming from pretty pretty sound uh, uh, insiders, that he would be doing it on on uh, on June the first. And so. Look, it's, as much as we'd like to say, yeah, that was uh, we, we played a part in it. Realistically, that was done before, um, you know, that was done before or around the time, actually before we had even held our um, special council meeting, which actually voted through the resolutions that we'd um, put forward to challenge to challenge the yeah. uh, state government yeah. and the Supreme Court. So, look, I don't look, I, I don't think it was because of Port Hedland. I mean, there's a lot of I've heard that same rumor a hundred times. People ringing and messaging and emailing saying, you know, well done, you're the reason, but. You know, realistically, yeah, mate, look, we're not, look, realistically, we're not the reason. I think no, it's yeah, yeah. contributing. It's yeah. contributing, True. and all the things that are going on are contributing. It's it's what's this is what it's going to take. We're up against a gigantic battle now. Look, everybody, we've got a new member to the conversation, Paul. Paul, hello. I'd just like to welcome you. Um, say hello, please. Hey, hello. Hi. How you going? Hi. Yeah, I know, I know Hi, I'm a lot of people here. How are you going? Do you? Yeah, I'm Deb, um, Deb's colleague at WA Conscious Businesses. So, I, yeah. it's yeah. Paul Richardson. Paul Richardson. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Paul. 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 Jay here. Um, you going, Jay? Welcome, mate. Um, I was just saying to Deb just a, a little while ago that uh, we need to get together to do a podcast just about what you guys are doing. Um, so, welcome. Paul, tell me, what do you think about the conversation so far? Yeah, look, I'm, um, you know, obviously really uh, happy and keen on what Adrian's been doing up at the uh, council and everywhere we can, we've got to push back in any way, shape or form. 
uh, me and Deb have been probably well nearly six months putting the handbrake on as much as we can across uh, right across the country to be honest with you um, I am really uh, you know there's a big tick in the box as far as I'm concerned with the um, the uh, World Health Organization losing that uh, opportunity to go to the uh, the jab um, you know to take on the uh, pandemic treaty and uh, having 49 countries drop that was uh, a really good uh, outcome for, for for the globe yes I think I think that's really pushed pushed them their agenda out as far as I'm concerned they were, they were hoping to hand everything over to the World Health Organization and we'd probably fall underneath their constitution so um, that's really given us a bit of breathing space to to push back and i'm not saying that that maybe was one of the causes for the mandates to be dropped i just think that uh that may have taken the their their um foot off the pedal a little bit it's really given them a bit of a a a pushback from them pushing harder big shout out to all the communist countries who voted against that yeah ex-communist countries yeah <laughs> Well, it's just, you know, the bottom line there is that uh, I think they're gearing up just to roll into the World Health Organization and someone coughs or sneezes in Singapore and the world shuts down. So yeah. um, having that uh, pulled back for at least 12 months, it gives us a bit of breathing space to continue uh, our cause to um, give these this large agenda the, um, the, the no-go. <clears throat> um, mate, I completely agree with you. Look, I've got to just say it. I don't know if I have to you in person, um, but congratulations on all the work that you've done and deb you two deb's busily uh networking here in the background oh my god deb you're shameless um but uh you, you know i i actually connected to your website today and i've been on your website many many times and i've shared your links many many times um you guys have done an amazing job you're the, the professionality of your website and all of the information that you've presented and the contacts that you've provided is freaking amazing, mate. And I, I'd just like to congratulate you and Deb. Deb, I haven't really said this to you in person, but I've got to tell you, I'm extremely impressed. Thank you. I really am. And well, it's, Adrian, it's Adrian up here in Headland. Can I just butt in there? And the question you asked about the involvement in Port Headland's you know what what role we played in mcgowan dropping the mandates can i just reiterate what you just said andrew yeah. what paul and deb and and of course tanya as well what those guys have done i think um i actually don't think there's any any one entity or group of 100 people or you know we're talking only three people here but yeah. i don't think anyone has done more for what's happened with the with the you know, the wind back of the mandates than those three guys. And, and I all. agree, mate. I agree. What, what, you, and Deb, what you and Deb and Tan have done and achieved is, you know, I know I know so many people. I, I sort of introduced a bunch of people. I used to get a lot of calls and what do we do? What do we do? And I said, you just get in touch with these, just sit on one of these Zoom, sit on one of yeah. these Zoom calls Tuesday, Thursday night. Yeah. What you guys do, I think, has done more for this mandates than any uh, anything else that you guys by far um, carry the, carry the, um, you know the the lion's share of of the responsibility for having us gotten oh, back look, to where we are. But like, like Paul said, the fight the fight's long, and we got to we got to keep it going. Yeah, we do. Mate, we're mate, not we're yeah. not giving up. And you know, he mate, we talked about this. I think before you jumped on, Adrian, that you know um, our dictator here, you know, hopefully doesn't sue me for that, um, <laughs> has you know withdrawn you know the good majority of these mandates, but there's still businesses that are affected by that. You know, and yeah. and you know possibly you with your business like. 
you might now, you know, the pressure's lifted, you know, that you don't have to worry about it. But, you know, there's businesses that still have contracts with companies, say like a BHP. I've got a friend who lives up in Newman and he can go back to his job, but he can't really because they contract that what the job he was doing for this particular company was on BHP land. So he can't actually go back to his job. He can be employed again, but he can't do his job because he can't go on to BHP oh, land because BHP is still perpetuating this bullshit. So, mm. you know, there's going to be companies that um, may go, phew, now I don't have to worry about that, but they'll have businesses that they're contracting to that they still won't be able to continue business. Mm. And then we've still got the nurses, the disability care workers, the you know, the aged care, like the fight's not over till the fat lady sings and the fat lady's not going to sing until all of those drop and the state of emergency drops. Well, we just have to keep that, going. I'll add in, but I'll be uh, take a positive slant on this and say that uh, those clowns or the companies and corporations that are actually continuing on with the jabs, obviously McGowan and the Chief Health Officer were babbling on about risk assessment, which is hilarious because we've been saying that for six months. Yeah. But I will say this, that... We've just got to rally the troops to stop spending money with the Coles and the Woolworths of the world. And those exactly. that are yeah. pushing this stuff, we've just got to say no. Because the people have the power. That's what we've got to realise. Unfortunately, what we need is non-compliance. And there's still mm. too many people just leading us down off the cliff. So yeah. I, I don't know what the answer is to wake more people up. But um, I think we've just got to start uh, letting people know that... Uh, if these organisations want to continue um, poisoning people, well, we won't spend money with you. And then hopefully the pressure will be applied at the board level because they're not making the money they, they need to. Yes. Unfortunately, it, it takes people to be impacted quite often before they'll make a change, whether that's a financial impact or whatever impact it is. And for the good majority of people who've gone down the track of having this job, the complacency is there because it's like, well, I'm right, Jack, you know, I can still keep my job, I can still travel, I can still do all these things. And until they have some serious things, some serious stuff happens and they're impacted in some shape or form because they're clearly not seeing the fact that some of their freedoms are being removed. They don't see that, you know, being made to wear a mask or being shown to, you know, made to show an app. It's like being back in the bloody war with Germany where you have to have a piece of paper with you everywhere you go. They don't see that as an inconvenience. So it's going to take a real inconvenience for a lot of them to go, you know what, I'm not going to shop with Woolies. I'm going to go down to the local IGA that's owned by a local family. We, we could probably add into that because uh, Deb come along to the, um, we had a WA conscious business meeting um, with the uh, Building Alliance on Wednesday. Mm. And one of the guys there, he's a um, plumbing business and he's got, uh, well, he has on the books 800 uh, employees. But he's got huge issues with uh, a lot of sickies and there's a you know, situation now occurring where even some of the office workers don't have any sick leave left and they've run out of annual leave. So when they either get sick from the jabs or so there's a lot of issues around staffing and people getting crook from these jabs. Mm. Now, well, that's what I was just going to say, because I um, as far as um, what Deb was, uh, sorry, Jay was just, is it Deb or Jay? I'm not sure, <laughs> was saying about people being impacted. Mm. Um, and them not doing anything until they're personally impacted. I chucked up a hashtag on Twitter and Facebook last night, hashtag jab regret. Do you know anyone? And the amount of comments from jabbed people who have just poured out their hearts saying how they've been affected by these jabs, it may not be immediate where we where we see these people 
being affected and then standing up. But eventually it will happen because these people are all going to get sick. And like you've just mentioned with staffing problems, <clears throat> it's going to happen. And, and these, you know, people that are jabbed, whether it's one, two, three or four, <clears throat> they will stand up at some point in time, I have to hope, um, yep. because it will impact them. Like you know, individually and, and um, just that hashtag last night, jab, hashtag jab regret, there's so many people that have jab regret right now. I think, I think you'll find mm -hmm. the third shot's the one that's really going to knock a lot of people around too. And we're yep. heading into winter series. Yeah. Well, mate, um, we're doing this jab injured series. Um, I, I, I mean, we've only put a couple out and we've got a, a, so it's many well, a, incredible numbers of, of, one, of people lined up. But I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I've been very heavily involved in this, as all of us have. I'll just make the, the claim right now that the number of injured is more than 100 times the publicly claimed there's only, yeah, any medical professional and um, Dr. Lofts will be able to, Mark Mark, will be able to um, say this, is that it's only between 1% to 10% in history of any um, adverse reactions are recorded and most of the medical people that I know say to me, but it's closer to 1%. That's right. It's very hard to fill in the forms and many of the VAERS incident reports in the USA, you have many people hmm. classified under one incident report, which underestimates the damage. Yeah. But the real damage is that what they're doing with all these batches, they're actually carrying out tests to see what is the balance of all the money now, now, into people. Mark, we've got to bring it up right now. You've just elevated me big time. Um, we've got to talk about how bad is my batch.com. That's exactly what I was just going to say. Okay. Now, yeah. um, this is the next endeavor. Okay, guys. It is, um, we need to understand whether the government knew prior to an injury or a death, and yes, and a death, we need to understand whether that information was already publicly available, i.e., was that it has that batch already had international um, reports against it? Now, I, Mark, and I recently did. Mark's my co-host, by the way, everybody. For I know everyone listening probably already knows this, but um, we're doing a jab injured series. Mark and I, and we are we have possible evidence that um, there was data available on a, a batch that was seriously injuring people and the government has not alerted the public to this fact. That's right, because in other countries, say the USA, the jabs were given first and uh, since this evidence has come forward that certain batches are bad, it appears that many Australian people have been jabbed with these batches despite the fact that the uh, damage was already known in the USA. Yeah. Adrian, what do you reckon about this, mate? Have you heard of have you heard of this before? And I'd love to hear from everyone else. Yeah, look, I've, um, I have been right through the, uh, you know, how bad is my batch? Um, I looked at that sort of, yeah, a few months back. But, uh, look, it's, it's um, whether or not there's, it, it's, we've got to be careful delving into, you know, Personally, yeah. I, know I, I probably think, personally, I probably think there's a there's a big portion of these things that are somewhat placebo, but at the same at the same time, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's something that's very 
it's very very right out there. So you know, I mean, I don't even like saying it to you guys in a public public forum. Yeah, but, you know, it, it does. It can. It's a it's a good thing to make us all look a bit crazy, if for the to the to the people that really just don't want to hear it. Yeah, um, and it is. But, but I tell you, but I tell you, like yeah. even even this morning in the Sydney Morning Herald, the the New South Wales ambulance, it's it's been swamped by record triple O calls that um, they've hit up to thirty nine hundred calls daily, and they're now they're now trialing five hundred taxis to take low low risk um, ambulance call patients um, to other health services like GPs and chemists. So. And my, it's, and it's we're getting out, like, you know, the, yeah. the, there's cracks in that. There's cracks in the damn wall, and um, you know, I think I think these, uh, you know, I think another part of McGowan and, and other state leaders around the place dropping mandates is is uh, you know, they're they it's very much a tactical retreat. They they can't not know. They can't not know the damage now. It's it's just becoming too prevalent. It's too out there. Um, and so Mate, they're, you know, they're just back down out. So, yeah, they're just going to pat themselves on the back as they back you, down. So don't, and, um, don't, you're don't right. call triple zero. Don't call triple zero. Call, call Uber Eats. Is that what you're saying? Listen, listen, guys. <laughs> I, I'm hearing you, and we're all conscious of the legal ramifications, and um, we're, we're, we've all got to sort of clear our positions here. But this information is coming out. Now, Dave, you've got something to say on this, mate. Go. Yeah, I'd just like to ask you. Speak into your mic, mate. A, Thank you. A question, Adrian. With all the legal ramifications and lawyers, and no one really knows the judges. You don't know what's going to happen when you go to court, anyway. The state of the emergency is something we give to our governments to just take total control over our lives now. There's no time limit on this thing. This is one of the, what I see is one of the main problems. Just speak into your mic a little bit more, mate. The Thank whole you. problem legally is in a state of emergency, anything goes. Yeah, and that's yes. a great problem, right, Deb? Yep. Jump in, mate. Yep. So under our draconian Public Health Act of 2016, um, the reason why they can keep renewing these, and if no one's read it, there's certain sections that you should read. Um, under the section that refers to how they can renew the state of emergency, they can renew a state of emergency with an imminent risk. So the imminent risk, they'll just keep using as, oh, you know, people are still getting sick and Omicron, like it would have been Omicron and or Delta and then Omicron. So they just keep, you know, making an excuse up and they can just keep doing that and doing that as long as they like. But there's some really terrible parts of our, because the state of emergency is in play, then means that um, certain parts of our Public Health Act come into play. And under sections 184, 185, 186, you know, there's wording in there that says that you can be forcibly detained with the help of the police forcibly tested and forcibly vaccinated and can have your clothing removed, including your underwear, if that's they right. think it's necessary. Proposition yeah. 158. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So why why would someone – it just – my mind just blows to think that people can sit in a, board, in a room and determine that this is a good thing to put in. Same as St John of God Hospital – sitting in a boardroom and determining these people, I'm not going to accuse them human, call them human beings because I don't think they are, mm -hmm. people sitting in a hospital boardroom 
putting together a policy and agreeing to a policy that stops family members from seeing their dying family members because they've not been jabbed. You know, like who does that? Mm. I don't understand. Yeah, well, in the case of uh, the Proposition 158, that was brought in by Colin Barnett's Liberal Party. Yeah. So I don't think they really had any understanding of what the implications would be. No, and the state of the Emergency Management Act, I listened to a really good interview on um, 6PR and it was a politician um, being interviewed who was actually part of the the group that um, wrote the Emergency Management Act and he said it was never designed to be used for long-term things. It was only for short-term floods, cyclones, Mm. things like that. So a few months, maybe six months, but not for three years. And Mark McGowan's now got his way. In March 2020, he wanted a state of emergency for three years and he's now got it in small increments and then a big chunk. So both of those acts are being used in a way that maybe is not necessarily what they were meant to be used for, but you've got to try and fight against that system. Like how do we stop that? Well, we we do it because we the people are the power and this is the fundamental thing that so many individuals don't understand is that um, by the pure, by the, what's the word for it? Peaceful non-compliance. We literally just enact peaceful non-compliance and we drive the policies in that direction, whichever makes sense. And of course, we're all human beings, right? This whole um transgender um yeah what, what what's the thing where you become transhumanist uh, that's right transhumanism filling people with electronic uh, and, equipment yeah. and calling about my, wanting human equality to be taken to extremes where there's no male nor female yeah so we've, we've suddenly just branched on, off onto this tangent that could go way down the rabbit hole but without going there the point is, is that we as human beings need to um, acknowledge what is of true value to us and enact our lives in such a way that we bring that forth yeah. rather than giving into all this crazy social engineering that's going on all around us. Yeah. And I think in general, look, I've got this suspicion that um, we're kind of being kind of, I, I, I'm going to go really esoterically, magically um, being deceived in such a way that perhaps the truth is that the majority of the people are actually with us, but we think that we're a small minority alone. And by the way that mainstream media act upon us and um, we're constantly being brainwashed Mm. there is a certain element of the public that have been held at bay Mm. so they're actually with us but then they're not able to bridge that gap it's kind of like the old um analogy of the crabs pulling each other back into the bucket as Mm. one tries to escape there's us that are here probably all of the people in this chat right now we've got 10 people in here we're all we all understand that and we're free of that. We've gotten out of the bucket. Mm. But I, I suspect that the majority of people are actually in the bucket still. Mm. And they mm. just haven't gotten out. And we need to bridge that gap. And I think the whole point to this conversation, and you know what, I've got to be honest with everyone, this is a bit of a revelation. I never thought I'd be here 
on the piss, um, having these kind of conversations. Um, but um, it's it's really great, and I think um, I think this is something we need to start doing um, because. Those of us who are involved in this sort of thing, we need to kind of have these Andrew, lighthearted chats. I don't actually think we're the minority. I know this we is get. What, this is the point I'm keep, making, Jay. We keep getting told we're the, yeah. we're the minority, but I I just don't believe that. Yep. Like everywhere yeah. I go, like well, everywhere we all go, there is people that are on the same page as us. Maybe they're not speaking out, as Robin said earlier. Maybe they're not being warriors. I don't know, but I seriously don't think. Well, that we're the, it's the fear. Yeah. It's the fear, isn't it? People are too afraid to speak out. Yeah. They are. And, like, I've they met do. people that have gone, yeah, I haven't had the jab, but I'm just keeping it quiet. Yeah, I've got, my, I've got well, loads of friends like that. Just come and walk with us on one of the protests, one of the rallies. Mm, that's oh, too I'm much. I'm not going to do that. I hate to, I said, you I can hate to say it, guys. Jump in, Adrian. Jump. Yeah, look, I hate to say it. It's... um. We've got to be very careful and very um, aware of the echo chamber that we find ourselves in. Yeah, you're right. You know, we, we, we do hang out with people like mine. You know, we, we're all sort of hanging out in, in crowds um, that that are, you know, becoming more and more awake or whatever. I, I had a surprise um, birthday thrown for me last week and, and – it's quite a quite a big quite a big yeah thank you but quite a big crowd there and I didn't everyone that was there I'd only known for less than I think twelve months and so it's only it's only come through this you know through the echo chamber that we sort of find ourselves in and after the political the political campaign that I just ran up ran running for Durac um, we not, we are not in there isn't a silent majority that you know it's of course that's what we want to hear that's what we want to think but um, it, it just isn't there. I mean, I, I I stayed in towns, Durian Bay, for example, well, we tried to stay there, but they weren't even mandated to have their hotels, you know, you had to be double jabbed to stay in a hotel. There were, we tried every hotel bed and breakfast in the entire town, and if you weren't double or triple jabbed, you're not welcome in that town. And, and, and it's entire, you go to the shops there, and if you didn't have a mask on, you were, you were, you know, people, people stood back from you like you had Ebola. It's, it's, we are still very much, and we saw in the election, we are still very much uh, a minority. And as I think Deb said earlier, until until people find out through, you know, it might be an interest rate rise, it might be it might be uh, hyperinflation, it might be a, you know, a, an injury from the third or fourth or fifth jab at some point. It's going to have to be some serious, um, uncomfortable situation that people find themselves before they snap out of it. And unfortunately, that's right. That, that's where we are. I'd love to. I'd love to think that. Oh, yeah. There's a, you know, there's more well, of us than we think. But but mate, there's, there's just not. I something to say about that, and so does Jay. Jay's going to drop drop in right now. Go, Jay. Am I going to go? Okay. Yeah. Oh, split the headphones on. Yeah, Jay, go on. So okay. I I totally hear what you're saying, Adrian. But I also think, like with the election, like Labor have just won an election with the lowest amount of primary votes in 112 years since 1910. We have sent a clear message to the government. I can I, can I just cut, can I just cut you off there for a second? I don't mean to. You're absolutely right. It's the the Labor won that election. But for example, in in uh, in the seat of Durack where I run, because I, I can speak with a bit of authority in that in that electorate, I ran I ran there and and uh, followed it pretty closely. Liberal Liberal lost. We have a we have a, a sitting Liberal uh, member here, Melissa Price. She she was an overwhelming. She lost. I think. Uh, 
uh, you know, she went from like a 45% uh, first preference down to down to the 30, like 30, 31% like the others. But all of that, the minor parties didn't even get 1% of that swing away. It didn't go to the freedom parties. Yeah. The swing away from the major parties went to the Greens, to, a, to, to woke Greens or Nationals or something like this climate... Um, climate 200 or whatever they call themselves um, uh, yeah. are parties. It didn't go to the freedom friendly parties as, as Topher Fields like to call them. It, it, yeah. it, uh, yeah. it unfortunately went to, you know, someone that's, uh, you know, to. And mate, mate, that's not a defeat. That Look, oh, oh, Jay's got something desperate to say. Jay, <laughs> okay. jump in. But can so, I, can, Jay, can I say one thing yes. really quickly? The um, We have to build on this, okay? Yeah, um, absolutely. We, we really do, I've Jay, just got Jay. a really question for Adrian and I just want to see because Deb and I have had many conversations Whoever's on this. Breathing, breathing into the mind, please make off. That's probably me. No, no, it's not. Is it not? Yeah, someone okay. online. Um, okay. So... <laughs> Now you've lost my train of Sorry, thought, mate. Andrew. Okay, Sorry, mate. so we've gone Labor won the election with the lowest amount of primary votes. So Deb and I have had these conversations and this is just a question for you, Adrian. Do you think with the, you know, like you've called them, like Topher Field saying the freedom-friendly parties, do you think, and I don't want to call it a mistake, but do you think there was something that we... So we had Gap, which you ran for, and by the way, great speech at the big freedom rally in Perth before the election. <laughs> Thank, Thank you yes. very much. Yes. Loved yeah, it. Yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. Um, so we had Gap, we had um, Australian Federation Party and um, IMOP running as mm -hmm. CADCO, and then on top of that we had the Lib Dems, we had okay. UAP and One Nation all touting freedom. Mm -hmm. Do you think, because you ran the political campaign, do you think with that we diluted the freedom vote? Yeah. That's a really great question and, and a lot yeah. of people said, you know, we we all need to join forces as one party and and it, it didn't matter if we, dil if we diluted or we didn't dilute it. It collectively across the nation... We average between fourteen and sixteen percent if you added us all together and put us all in one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It yes. doesn't matter if we preference each other and did whatever we did. We can give each other each, all the preferences in the world. We're never going to leapfrog uh, a party that's got thirty or forty percent primary. But not right. only so, that. Not only that. We were never going to have the success that we dreamed of right from the get go. We're really okay. Look, let's put everything that happened prior to this recent election behind us because that wasn't relevant to the current situation that we're in. So we're now in a fight back situation. All these, our, our whole paradigm has changed, right? So we now have to get together and build this up. We had a, we, we reacted and we reacted damn well. And people like you, Adrian, did a magnificent job and you spoke so well, mate. Um, I loved that yeah, speech the week before the election. And, fantastic. and look, whether you realise it or not, mate, there's a very, very great number of people that are really looking at what you did and many others, but um, with great respect. And now we have to go into this phase of building a platform, right? And which is why we're having this conversation tonight, really, if you really want to 
drill down to the basis of it. It's to get together. Um, I know there's going to be lots of people joining us in the future. Like I know Judy Wiley and I want to be involved in this and many others of that sort of elk. Um, but uh, we need to now develop a platform where we can broadcast our message as a united front in the same way that mainstream media cover the Liberal, the Labor and Greens parties. Well, they were their Just campaign. Just swing your mic, mate. Yeah, thanks. They were their campaign. The mainstream media were the campaign for Liberal and Labor. That's they didn't right. really need to campaign because the ma- mainstream media did it for them. That's true. Yep. But can I say, Adrian, again, um, can I say right. the um, I think what, what did us as much harm or or, or actually from a personal perspective i would say more harm than than us sort of running separately like if 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 we all ran as the united australia party for example we'd lose a lot of people that don't like clive palmer if we all ran as one nation we'd lose a lot of people say oh you're all racist pauline hansen supporters it's 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 brought different people to the to the fold yeah. And, and I believe I believe collectively we are better to to remain as these you know small parties and, 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 try yes. and, and try and build it and try and build a grassroots. I 100% agree. Yeah, but but I pushed hard, right? I pushed hard in in my own electorate to make sure everyone understood that Labor had preference the Nationals. So a preference to the Nationals from Labor on their on their on their how to vote cards basically put it it meant that if Liberal didn't win. Uh, or if Labor didn't win, they made sure Liberal did. Okay, right. so they pre- they preference each other, and we and I bagged them, and I publicised it. I spent, you know, I spent fifty thousand of my own dollars mm. trying to make sure the electorate, my entire electorate, knew that, right? And right. and it it they didn't care because at the same time we had One Nation preferencing Gap last, and we yeah. had United Australia Party having their own in-house fighting with Pauline and One Nation. And, 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 the likes of, and, and, and the likes of Pauline Hanson, happy to sacrifice. I shouldn't say Pauline because it probably comes higher than her within their within their uh, administration of their own of their own party. But but they were happy to sacrifice their own lower house candidates to make sure they got a, a Senate candidate. Yeah. And so you know we had we had in our in in my electorate Melissa Price going to the One Nation candidate Brenton Johansson saying why aren't you handing out your how to vote cards there's been a deal done you need to hand out the the how to vote cards and he said no I'm not handing them out because it, the preferences that have come from you know the cards that have been printed and come from Queensland have the other freedom parties last so he burnt his how to vote cards and and of course that pissed off that pissed off the establishment because the the deal was that that they would say that one nation would sacrifice their lower house candidates in return for getting a one nation senate candidate as number 6 on the ballot for the liberals which which basically would guarantee a uh, a one nation candidate getting into the into the senate and so it's it's politics is a dirty sleazy game and unfortunately, unfortunately, while we all say we're all working together and doing this and that, Can, it's just, it's all rhetoric, it's political bullshit. Right. And, and unfortunately, while, while I was bagging Labor and Liberal for looking after each other, making backroom deals, the, our, our parties, certainly, I, I mean, I, I don't know if Gap did it. I heard, you know, you, sometimes you hear someone would send you a question asking about a, a, a certain preference. But across, mm. as a general rule, we were allowed to pick our own how to vote cards. I, I did my own how to votes. And so Adrian, 
do you and again this is just a rhetorical well it's not a rhetorical question it's just something i want to put to you do you think that well what do you think would have happened is probably more the question is if um as the cadco alliance so you've got imop gap and osfed if you guys had joined forces and had not all three parties and just had a cadco party whatever Mm -hmm. you're going to call it do you think it would have made a difference in the outcome of the election, no. Yeah, no. I agree with you, mate. Yeah, I, tell you, I tell you what it would have done. I tell you what it would have done if, if we did do that. The candidate, whoever ran for that CADCO party or whatever it is, I mean, yeah. in, in no disrespect to those three parties, they all need better party names, right? They're yeah. all yeah. – you, you, you can't have one policy party like an IMOP. I mean, shouldn't call them one policy. They've, they've got obviously more than that, but they're, they're known really for one policy. Mm. Um, Gap – you know, it just sounds like who's Great Australia Party apart from Rod Cullerton, and then you've got uh, you know the Oz Federation Party. Who who votes that? I one hundred percent agree with you, mate. But I think it was, one it was things- new. But if we had a if we had a run together as one as one candidate, we would have each passed at least the four percent to get the candidates and to get the candidates some money back from the Australian Electoral Commission. But yeah. ultimately, no, it wouldn't have made any difference in the outcome of the election. No, Zero. that's right. And I think it's actually important to remember that are human nature, right? Um, We need to have different parties and different party names that are aligned, um, unified, because there are all kinds of people out there and each of the parties have had minor differences and I know for a fact that there were lots of people that really aligned themselves with one party or the other. We've just really got to build on that and we've got to actually get a media platform that can give these parties uh a voice and uh, look i'm not saying that any of them did everything right i don't think that's true and i don't think that um i would never say that i did everything right and what i did um i was simply um a person that um, came from a fifo background and i tried to make a difference so with all these parties and whether they had the right names or whatever what was actually more important in my mind was that people got together and they moved forward now that we've had this experience now we need to regroup rebuild and work together to make a difference and that's why we're having these discussions can, can, can i have a that so, we, we sent a message to the government 100 percent. so paul was that you yeah yeah i just just wanted to add a few things there so look, I, I'm not overly confident that the whole thing hasn't been corrupted in 